I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Audrey, it is a Wednesday night, and we're Zooming it, man. We're Zooming it, as always. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of stories. We've been having lots of fun every day doing business as usual. Live Zooms every day. Yep. And you're telling stories. It's amazing. <laughs> you're telling stories. We're doing KDKA. We just can't get enough information out. So this is fun. Very honored. Yeah. I tell you what, last week was a huge week for us, Audrey. I was so pumped because two weeks ago, we got a call from Neighborhood Allies asking for a call for, of all things, chargers and adapters for laptops to give Pittsburgh public school kids this equipment because they were lacking it. So we, we put a couple tweets out, a couple Facebook posts, some LinkedIn posts, and one of our members, um, Aurora Innovation, saw one of those posts and they said, wow, this is a crazy problem. Like, we want to help out. And they reached out to us saying they want to do this. And we we're like, well, yeah, how, what would you like to do? And they're like, well, we want to donate uh, $25,000 to help get more laptops with kids. And our minds were kind of like blown, right? We're like, oh my goodness, like, this is crazy. But like, wait, we think we can raise more money. And it wow. ballooned. And became this crazy thing where over $200,000 has been raised through this new Beyond the Laptops campaign. So, yeah, it's so interesting. So you have this Pittsburgh Public Schools uh, and as well as other Allegheny County schools in the region are now closed. They're closed not to return back until September. Isn't that crazy? Or again, August, I mean, it's like, oh, my God. So they're, so they're closed. And um, lots of, you know, you have graduating seniors, you've got kids who are just learning to read and write, you know, the whole gamut. So what becomes very obvious is that the digital divide is exacerbated. Is it like 7,000 kids without computers and PPS alone? Right, that they don't have access to technology. So what's really important, you know, they're running, you know, fearlessly on trying to figure out ways to get curriculum to the students and doing that in a way that's somewhat easy. And the, the easiest way to do that is, is pretty much through technology. So they're not, you know, they're running, you know, crazy trying to figure out how to pull this together. And simultaneously, they're realizing that so many of their students don't even have access to technologies. While they might have phones, they don't have access to technology. So laptops. So through Neighborhood Allies, uh, which is a nonprofit organization that uh, that understand that serves as a conduit to make sure that Pittsburgh public schools can take these donations, mm-hmm. um, Aurora and you know initiated this, and they're a you know self-driving car 
um, company that's based in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And they and Google then jumped in and said, "We want to help." Yep. So then the next thing we said, you know what? Let's get the whole tech community to be involved in this because exactly. this is something that matters to everyone, uh, particularly those of us that are in science and engineering and technology, et cetera. Absolutely. So fast forward, they started a ca campaign. And what's the name of the website, Jonathan? So you need, yeah, you need to go to beyondthelaptops.org. And there you can see how much money has been raised and you can donate money there as well too. And it can show you by what you donate, how many computers it refurbishes or buys because we're right. trying to get like 7,000 plus computers put together. So all the kids in Pittsburgh public schools that don't have laptops can get them. So, you know, hopefully that we will do something monumental. The thing, the thing that I adore about this is that we the tech community coming together to try to do something that's yeah. united. You know, this is a community that's filled with nonprofits, filled with um, lots of disparities, no different than any kind of urban right. slash, you know, um, suburban area around the United States. And the disparities are real. Very and uh, so what, and what I also love about it is that we're trying to give people new tools, the best tools. We're not asking for hand-me-downs. Not that not computer, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about really getting people the tools that will make them the most nimble. And think about it because, you know, you have the summer. You know, who knows what's going to happen with social distancing and existing programs, whether they're yeah. summer camps or day camps or you know, whatever it may be, I think the world is going to change. People are going to think differently. For sure. And uh, if we can get the tools that, you know, we need and everyone has it, it levels the playing field. So I'm excited by that. I know. Um, I'm also excited that we had the mayor on and he talked about the importance of interconnectivity and what does it mean to have Wi-Fi in the city and, you know, that will be paired. We gave you a homework Wi-Fi. assignment too, Audrey. Gave me an assignment. Yes. yes. Mayor Peduto gave me an assignment. And uh, I think that as we rally around this, it fits into a lot of the things that at the Tech Council we really care about. Got In it. our nonprofit called 40 by 80, we actually are working on a speakers bureau. We've been working on that for the schools, particularly middle schools, for um, people who are in tech-related jobs, you know, chief mm -hmm. Um, security officers, chief information officers to begin to get involved in the classroom. And this may expedite that. This may provide opportunities yeah, right. for interactivity that we just really could scale it fast. So we're excited about the opportunity there as well. So there are lots of ways to feed this interactivity that I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm excited about. So hopefully, and the other thing that I really like is the tech community coming together to rally around, you know, something common. And exactly. I think that's, that's really important. In rally they have, I mean, more than $200,000 has been raised. It's going to get a lot of laptops put yes. into place. And Audrey, I've had other members reach out to me saying, I don't have money, but I want to, I want to I want to donate time and resources to be a refurbisher of the computers, or to be or to distribute or right. provide IT help and everything like that. So I just think it's just been absolutely amazing to see everybody step up. It's like I said last week. I, I it was one of the one of the, the, the highlights of my twenty two plus years working at the Tech Council to see this come together. Yeah, you really go from a good. Is one of your highlights. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Because you see the community coming together, you see tech come together right. and you're seeing kids that really need help 
get help so that they can be better students and they can succeed later down in life too. So to me, I just thought it was super awesome, like That's all great. the way around. And I just encourage everybody to go out to beyond the laptops with an S dot org and like just check it out give 50 bucks whatever you can give and help these kids out because we think it's an awesome cause it's our future simple as and if jonathan kirsting's excited about this and yes. this is the best thing that's happened <laughs> in his 22 plus years at the jack council yep. that's yep. big it's big man i'm telling you i love it it's almost i would say yeah i just i just i'm pumped about it and i just can't wait to see what, what the final number comes out to and how we can continue to build on some of this so to me it just goes to show through an awful crisis like this some really good things can emerge and to be a little part of that i think is cool so why not that's great that's uh, great we got, we got we a great a show ahead yep so don't go away yep we got a lot more tech vibe in front of you tonight we have insulir we have with us our healthcare reinvented with the My Voice program, which I'm very, very excited about, and our friends from Insperity. Keep your dial tuned right here. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Tech Council by hitting pghtech.org. Welcome back to Tech by Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting with and the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And this is Audrey Russo. <laughs> Audrey, what are you doing? I'm just Come so on. excited. I'm I ready know. to like jump in. It's very cool. You know, we've been doing our healthcare reinvented series with Highmark and Allegheny Health Network, having a great time telling stories. And each time we do a new one, I think it gets better and better. And for our fifth installment, I don't know. I feel sorry for what's going to happen on the sixth because I don't think we can top the fifth segment when it comes to the My Voice program, because it's near and dear to us, Audrey, obviously. you got to have a voice in this world. And Charlie LaValle here, through Variety, is making that happen. Charlie, welcome to the show tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, you were just a fun guy to hang out with. You were a (laughs) high-energy dude, and I super appreciate that. So you, you make our job easy. I dig our mission. It's cool. Very cool. (laughs) It's great. So give us a quick background about what you do in Variety. Variety is over 90 years old, was created here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There's 40 chapters around the world now. And our mission is to enable kids with disabilities to live life to the fullest. That could be through adaptive mobility equipment or adaptive communication devices. So it's really to empower kids and their families to have the best life they can, quite frankly. Wow, that's a great pitch. That's really good. It's a great mission. What's the, web- What's the website? I want people to hear the website now. VarietyPittsburgh.org. Very simple. simple. Yes. Come visit okay. us. So well, let's jump in. What Really, what have you learned about kids that are nonverbal and have communication disorders? What have you learned over this journey that you think you quickly, everyone really needs to understand? Well, first and foremost, that when you can't communicate, your whole life and your family's life has changed. It's one of the most difficult things to do with. And if we th- think about it, I'm taking it for granted with you guys. I could, you ima- could you imagine you not communicating? No, it would be – you wouldn't want to live with me. I, just say, I, I would mean, not want to be around you. I mean, Charlie's a force of nature here. And if, I, <laughs> if he couldn't speak, there – Well, isn't that a good point though? Isn't exactly. Isn't communication like a right almost? It's a, it's a core of our existence. It's called being a human being, right? right. I mean, that's right. how I look at it. Right. If you can't communicate, you're just – you're not living. Do you have any like stats about how much this affects our general population? No, it's hard, Audrey, I think, because, you know, you can have different types of communication device um, disorders or you can have autism and you can communicate or you can have autism and you need a device. So I don't know that there's great prevalence data. I wish we had the prevalence data like we did with uninsured kids because it helped us leverage change. 
But I think even greater, quite frankly, is what you guys are doing is helping people to hear with their hearts. This is not just cognitive. This is not a program. This is really about children. And that's where we need to kind of tune it in differently. This isn't a cause. This is about kids who need the opportunity and hope for their families right. that they're going to communicate. So tell us how, how this works. I think it's really cool that there's an iPad involved here and you take the software off of it and you load on the appropriate speech uh, technologies. Tell us how this all works. Yeah, so we transform an iPad into a communication device. Its sole purpose to, is to be the voice for a child who does not have a voice. So thanks to the speech language pathologist, the speech therapist, they figure out with their expertise what particular communication app will work for that child. We load it on with a protective case so that it can't be destroyed. And now all of a sudden, a child has a voice and they're working, if you think about it, every week with their speech therapist exactly. to be empowered to speak. And Charlie, I saw the commercials on TV with this, when Highmark is promoting the My Voice program. And like, I just want to hear the stories about the kids who are getting a voice. Start telling us some stories. Great. I'm happy to. They knocked me out. So there was a four-year-old, Effie, and she's in preschool, nonverbal. And um, her mom's telling the story when we gave Effie the device. She got a bike and a device. And we're at the University of Pittsburgh. And mom says, Charlie, I think I can help everybody understand. And she goes, the preschool teacher called me and said, something's not right. Effie can't tell me. Can you come over? So mom goes over. She can't figure it out either. To the pediatrician. The pediatrician can't figure it out. Over four days, three doctor visits and a full body scan. And they finally figured out she had a fractured leg. It's like, come on. Like, that is just crazy. I have a four-year-old granddaughter I'm madly in love with, and I can't imagine if I yeah. had to accept yeah, for exactly. four days she had a fractured leg, I'd be out the of pain, my mind. The pain she's suffering and can't say, this is what's hurting me. Yeah, so that was very clear. And another four-year-old up in um, Blair County in Altoona knocked me out. She, um, she gets the device and... Um, when she gets home, her mom tells me the first thing she does, check this out. She goes to her dad's picture on the TV, and she takes her device out, and she goes, love you, daddy. <laughs> first time, they, they knew what, he was say, what right. she was saying, right? But she'd never been able to say, I love you, See? dad, or mom. Man. So then her younger brother, who's two, he says to Alexa, with his own voice, right? Alexa, play Baby Shark. And I hope all your listeners are terrorized by that we song. We are terrorized, Baby, yes. Baby Shark. Too, too. <laughs> so what's so cool is Mia takes her communication device and she says to Alexa, Alexa, play Baby Shark. And that knocked me out because she's using technology to talk to technology. <laughs> right, Audrey? Who knows where is it going to go? Do you know what I love about it? She's using technology to be a kid. To be a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, her mom Patrick's- sent me a video the other day. Mia with her own voice, says to Alexa, Alexa, play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Yeah. (laughs) So awesome, right? Right. From nothing to her own voice. The whole world opens up. And so you have a thousand of these devices available right now. And what's really interesting to me is is that the income scale to get these is up to $130,000 for a family of four. $131,000. $131,000, excuse me. Yeah, so that's, that's powerful. Middle can, income. Right. I so mean, we're helping those in poverty. We're helping middle income families. And I have to thank Governor Wolf and the legislature and, and um, Department of Community and Economic Development for this funding. But here's the reality. Yeah. It's on all of us. If we don't get the word out and identify these 1,000 kids, quite frankly, shame on us 
in Pennsylvania, we have a chance to light the road for the whole nation. Right. If we can establish this model, put a light up in the darkness that this is doable, people can follow us just like we did in western Pennsylvania with uninsured kids. Highmark's leading the way, the TV spots, their support of us. We have an opportunity to knock this out of the park. But really, it's on us. And I thank you guys for shining the light on it. But if we don't leverage it, we should be ashamed. And like I said, the TV commercials with Highmark have been running. I'm sure that's driving traffic to to VarietyPittsburgh.org. Quadrupling traffic. Quadrupling traffic. That's what it's all about. So it's VarietyPittsburgh.org. If you go there, you can then obviously go through the process and fill out applications to – Families can apply online, Jonathan. Okay. And even in Pennsylvania with the broadband issues, 40 to 50 percent of our apps are coming in now online. Which is awesome. I think that's very encouraging. That's what we need. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we want to help you. We know that this work is important. It's important for even a lot of other issues. The taxing that it does to families is profound. It affects their work. It affects their relationship. It affects their ability to live a community life. Because it's really tough when you have a kid that can't communicate and is frustrated most of the time. Well, Audrey, are they being bullied in school? It's What's really the first hard. question you ask your child exactly. when they come home after school? Right. How was school? Right. In How terms was your of day? building friends. Building exactly. friends? And, yeah. So thank you for your leadership. Thank, thank you for, you for shining the light. It's great to be with you. And if you want to learn more about this, we had a complete nerd out session with Charlie on our Healthcare Reinvented podcast. If you go to pghtech.org, click on our podcast tab, you can find it there along with the other stories that we've been telling through the Healthcare Reinvented series. And this, so far, Audrey, I think this is one of our most powerful stories that we've told. I just love the fact that you're giving kids a voice and letting kids be kids, like all the way around. That is just amazing to me, 100%. It is amazing. Thank it would be cool to call work. you back and say, because of this, one more shout out. I, I hope that would be cool. two more get a voice out of this, three more as far as that is. Anyhow, we're taking a quick break. We've got more Tech Vibe Radio coming right at you. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to Tech Vibe Radio this Wednesday night. We are honored to be bringing you really great stories about what's making Pittsburgh tick right now and the very brave women and men behind some really great companies that we just feel like are just being transformative to what's happening right now. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Rousseau. Audrey, we have such a cool guest right now that is literally addressing so much of what's going on in this crazy I know, how timely. So I really know. appreciate Richard Mackey. Hi, mm. Richard. Hi, Audrey. How are you? So, so you're from Intuit, yeah, yes. Yeah, tell us about your company. So give us sort of the two-minute pitch. And then we'll yeah, get so, some questions. Yeah, so uh, Inalir is a, a provider-led healthcare supply chain company, and we've been in business for the last 30 years. What's interesting about our organization is that we've uh, got operations in both St. Louis and uh, uh, Rhode Island and also here in the Pittsburgh area. So we've had an office in the Pittsburgh market for well over the last decade and have a sizable uh, development and technology team, among other functions that's based here uh, in the Pittsburgh market. Historically, we've been operating for those last 30 years as a group purchasing organization. So we work with healthcare providers across the U.S., both large and small, everything from large IDNs to rural and community hospitals, as well as non-acute classes of trade, things like surgery centers or mm-hmm. physicians' offices, things like that across the, the U.S. We have more than 50,000 members in total uh, from all of these lines of uh, lines of business. Very cool. So what, 
peel it back a little bit. Give us some examples of what these lines of business are. Yeah, so we, we'll work with uh, groups like palliative care, hospice organizations. We'll work with uh, physicians' practices. If you Everything from your dermatologist to your primary care physician to surgery centers, uh, things like uh, people having knee replacements or uh, other kind of joint replacements, all the way through very large hospital systems. Here in the Pittsburgh market, we're very familiar with UPMC and Allegheny Health Network. Uh, and in our case, we happen to be owned by a large uh, integrated delivery network that's based out of Utah, out of Salt Lake City, Intermountain Healthcare. Right, which is really, that's quite a big operation there too. So what do the people in Pittsburgh actually work on? Like, are you, first of all, you have to be extremely busy right now, right? We are extremely busy. It's, uh, it feels like we're on overdrive. People are working around the clock on everything happening in the world today. And so, and so I think for the foreseeable future too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We, so in our normal course of business, we're helping to negotiate uh, contracts and make those contracts for products and services available to our members, again, both large and small, across the whole spectrum of the healthcare industry. And in this uh, current era, this current crisis, we have uh, particular needs around being able to help members expedite product, help ensure allocation from suppliers, negotiate sources of supply, even to best practices around how do providers better conserve uh, the limited PPE or other kinds of products that are are, are vital to them. So we've been working with our own members to help uh, share those best practices and connect. For example, yesterday we ran an hour long uh, pharmacy, uh, pharmacy focused a call with uh, heads of pharmacy from the various members to help share some of those best practices with them. Because today, a lot of the current uh, focus is on PPE items, but we forecast that uh, many of the pharmaceutical products required or used in some of these procedures, like with with ventilators, for example, uh, are really in short supply next. And so we're oh trying to help uh, on all fronts. Wow. So you guys are literally on fire right now. So are we seeing, um, are we seeing some, and I, this isn't meant to be negative, but it's, it's meant to just be strategic that there's some necessary hoarding that needs to occur so that we can prepare for tomorrow. I would say there's a lot of focus. We're we're part of a, uh, we're part of a a team uh, referred to as the private sector uh, coalition. Uh, Mm -hmm. We work with other uh, manufacturers, other providers, other distributors, wholesalers, GPOs to help uh, manage uh, the supply chain risk that's going on today. So we're working in coordination with the federal government, with FEMA and HHS. We're on daily calls to help uh, provide information and, and make connections between suppliers that have product and those that are in need. They're uh, working to develop uh, sophisticated models to help track where the needs and the demand is compared to where the supply is. I would say that uh, they're one of the areas that we've seen uh, around uh, uh, you know, everything that's going on is that there are a lot of brokers that are popping up and claiming to have supplies available. And right, I've heard terrible stories about that. Yeah, wow. I'll talk about the worst of scams ever, my Lord. Tell us about that. Yeah, exactly. So you know, sometimes these events bring out uh, in some uh, kind of the worst motives in, in some actors. And so 
at the same time that many members, many providers are in important need for these products, they're helping and they're spending time uh, to try to qualify these sources. Are they accurate? Are they legitimate? More often than not, we find that they are not representing themselves appropriately. And so you need to be careful how you vet them and validate them. And that's an area where we are working together with others in the coalition and for our own members to help uh, provide a service to, uh, to try to validate some of those, uh, those opportunities. Again, unfortunately, more often than not, they, they turn out to not be valid or that they're kind mm-hmm. of referring you back to the original manufacturer of the item who most of our providers are already in touch with. So we were surprised that even me and my role, who has nothing to do with this piece of the supply chain directly, how many unsolicited emails that I get oh, they're like, that are they're actually good. talking about you know, some of these critical products. That's right. And saying that they have access to them and, you know, in huge numbers, et cetera. And I know when we had the attorney general on our show for uh, business as usual, he was saying that this phenomena in terms of quote unquote um, supply chain malice or malware has proliferated more than he's ever seen in his career. That's right. Well, you know, uh, my whole career, right. I'm originally from the Pittsburgh area. I went uh, to the University of Pittsburgh for an MBA, and then after that, I was away for the last 13 years. My oldest son turns 13 tomorrow, and we moved back to the Pittsburgh area when he was just born, so that's how I I keep track of it. But my entire career has always been in IT or supply chain. So the work that I do here at Dinalier is, you know, unlike any, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. But I, I must have, to your point, Audrey, I must have heard in the last 30 days the words uh, healthcare supply chain more than I've yeah. ever heard. Right. Yeah, right. Like, oh, Top of mind now, you know, right. Right. And then, you know, this whole thing about um, all of us who are not in healthcare needing to wear masks and what are, what are the kind of masks that people need? And is it just protection? Is it just, and I know that's outside of your world, but it sort of trickles, you know, out of, um, I don't know, gouging opportunity. What what I think is so interesting is that, I mean, Intelier and and Richard here, they're really on the front lines of this, but you don't see them. Like the work that they're doing is that, that glue, the in-between that, that, that's making sure that the the supplies get where they need to go and they're at the right prices and the right quantities and everything like that. And that's why I think it's so interesting that we're able to talk to you and learn more about this right now, because we just don't hear about this on the news. Yeah. I mean, certainly to your point, we're definitely not on the, on, we're, we're involved and we're helping to play an important uh, supporting role. We, you know, myself and everybody in the organization, we have all the utmost respect for, for the real providers that are truly on the front line. And as you said, Jonathan, our, our main goal is to try to help uh, bring the supplies and the products that are needed to the, you know, the right time and the right place at the, at the right cost. Uh, you, you know, I, I think when we look uh, at this, one of the things that's interesting to us is that things will be different uh, as we come out of this in the future. And I think historically we've had such a focus on the cost of items and products at kind of a unit level. Hmm. And we haven't always included or looked at the total cost and uh, the risks that we have with single sources or sources out of a specific geographic area. We, we do a lot with analytics. We do a lot with automation in the organization and some of much of what we're trying to do you know, even before this crisis occurred, is be able to help providers model how can they make the best total cost of ownership decisions right. for their organization. And part of that is the risk. You know, it's the it's the the risk of what we're going through now. 
Uh, we, we talk a lot about cybersecurity and cyber risk, uh, how that affects your supply chain. So many facets to the work that we do with members and providers. And uh, as you say, right now, the work that's being done couldn't be more important for all of us. So we're happy to play a, a small part, a small part in that. Super important part, though, all the way around. So we've got like a minute or so left. I mean, the future of Insulator, obviously, I mean, you guys, I mean, the future's got to be super bright for you guys. We're doing, it's an exciting time. I, for all the kinds of technologies that we talk about, that you and Audrey talk about with other industries, we're applying those in the healthcare space. So we, we work with members around contract analytics and using machine learning and other forms of AI to help understand contracting and the specific terms and conditions that are important to us as an organization, important to our members. We do a lot with, uh, with analytics generally, and we do a lot with automation. So we've been working a lot to help uh, uh, providers put in bots to help them better manage their processes. We're seeing a lot of interest and traction in that area, given the crisis and what's going on. It helps people that are clinical focus on clinical tasks and uh, some of those administrative pieces can be handled by the bots. So we're excited about those as definitely some of the primary drivers of our, you know, of our services. Super awesome. I tell you, Richard, we can't thank you enough for stopping by and hanging out once again. Thank you. Go to Intelier.com. Yeah. What's your website? Yeah. Intelier.com. And uh, folks can see more about what we do as an organization. And then to the much of our conversation here today, we have a specific section related to, resources and information, both for our members and for those in the community at large that would be interested in learning more about some of the things that we've talked about here today. That is awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Jonathan, thank you, Audrey. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We've got more Tech Vibe coming your way. I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, loud and proud right now, pghtech.org. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad you're spending Wednesday evening here with Audrey and I on Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirschnick. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, I tell you what, I've, I've really been enjoying having these Zoom interviews. I know. Because I was getting crazy. really worried back when things were kind of going crazy. We we're like, man, the Tech Vibe show's got to go. I was thinking we would call people out and mic them from the phone and everything. But like, it's not holding us back because we have so many stories that we need to tell during this is just absolute crazy time. It's as simple as that. It's great. And I'm glad that we'll be able to have the video of us. I know. So we <laughs> have some guests here, which is sort of timely. I mean, it's very interesting. But I'd like them to introduce themselves. Absolutely. And they are from Insperity. And who will go first? Great. Matt? Well, uh, thanks, Audrey. This is Glenn McFerrin, the thanks. district manager for Insperity. Nice to see you. Nice to hear from you. Hi, Audrey. Thanks for having us. This is Matthew Oser. I'm a business performance advisor at Insperity. Very cool. great. So, so let's just tell everyone quickly what Insperity is. What do you guys do? We need to know these things. Yeah, yeah. Good, good question. Well, we uh, at Insperity, you know, we're excited. We're celebrating, and it's our birthday because this is uh, 34 years ago in April. What? Uh, Insperity started. 34 so years. You. That's incredible. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks. So it's an interesting story, Jonathan. We, uh, we started with two employees and one of those two is still currently our CEO today. Wow. We've been fortunate to grow from, from those two people and one telephone to a company that has 3,500 employees and $4.2 billion wow. uh, that we did last year. So it's been a big growth for us. 
Definitely. What, what Insperity really does, it's uh, we, we work with small to mid-sized businesses to do the same thing we did, and that is to grow your business. We help them from everything from an HR perspective. So we are technically an HR outsourcing company that allows small businesses to act like a big business. And we do everything from a company's payroll to the technology to medical benefits, compliance, workers' compensation, attract talent, retain talent. So anything you think of to help run your business from an HR perspective is really what Insperity does. And we've been proud to be doing that for 34 years, and we have over 82 offices throughout the United States. How long in Pittsburgh have you guys been here? We've been here two years in Pittsburgh. Cool. And what attracted you to the Pittsburgh market? Well, uh, Pittsburgh's been on the market for about five years. We we started looking at Pittsburgh because of a couple of reasons. One is the market's doing really well. And two, from a technology standpoint, Pittsburgh has really gotten on the map from a company that could utilize our types of services because we really specialize in, in companies that are um, you know, white collar companies. And that's what Pittsburgh is now. It's really yeah, changed sure. its, its image. And we, we started to take note of that about five years ago and, you know, it takes a few years to, you can get into a market. And now we're full force up and running, uh, over the two years, we were up to uh, 10 people in our office and we're growing to 12 people over the next 30 days. I like hearing that you're growing despite these crazy times right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, um, you know, we are very positive about what's happening right now, even though it's such a, right. a, a, a crazy and, and, and tough situation. We, we, we are banking on the uh, uh, account that when we come out of this, businesses are going to be um, active and looking to grow and looking to get back to where they were. So we have to be ready for when that happens because you know, right now we're swamped because the clients that we're working with, they have... Um, they need our services right now. Need now more than ever, right? I mean, our folks are utilize are having more conversations with our clients than they ever have to help them with their their PPP loans and everything else. So, so we know on the back end of it, there's going to be more clients. They're going to look for HR outsourcing. Yeah. And so, what are some of the things that you're seeing right now in terms of the demand? Any trends that you think you can um, extract from? As you think ahead, like, are there any patterns? You mentioned the PPP, which is, which is the paycheck um, stim- piece of the stimulus act that many of the small businesses are eligible for, even though the money hasn't yet been released. Everyone's working ferociously on that, hopefully that they can stave off some of their loss. But what, um, what are some other things that you're seeing? Because I know you have capabilities and culture um, you have capabilities and, you know, a couple of other areas of, of HR besides transactions. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been different. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And um, it's sort of uncharted water. So we didn't know what to expect. Right. I, can, I can tell you our days are different now because we have clients are calling us all the time asking about how do we get through this time? Uh, I'll give you an example. We have a we have a customer support team who is assigned to every client. So every client gets an X amount of people that are assigned to help them on their HR needs and functions. What was typically a 20 minute conversation, a 20 minute check-in conversation that we would have periodically has turned into over 70 minutes. Wow. And that is because of everything going on now. So it's almost as if business moving forward has sort of stopped 
in the sense that everyone's looking at, all right, what do I need to do to get through these next 30 days? Right. Makes sense. And then, and now they're starting to come out of that, starting to think now that, now that it looks like business is going to get back to normal at some point. Now people are starting to look more into the future. But for us, our long-term vision, it seems like is, has our, our clients and our prospects have all said, well, what do I do in these next 30 days? So our, our time frame has sort of collapsed a little Definitely. bit. So we have to adjust to that. Definitely. So we can switch gears just a little bit. Just remind everyone we're talking to uh, Matt Oster and Glenn McFerrin from Insperity. Um, let's talk a little, bit, a little bit about how culture can really impact an organization. I mean, it's a big thing for us here at the Tech Council. Our members are all about it. I mean, obviously, that's what drives an organization. Can you give us some insight on that? Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. So, you know, this this all kind of starts from the beginning of, you know, hiring an employee, right? So, you know, interview and selection process is a very important piece of not only finding out if that person or that individual, that candidate is going to be a good fit for your organization, but one of the things that we see a lot is, is that sometimes companies don't fully portray what their culture is and making sure that that culture is also hmm. going to be a fit for that candidate. So, you know, sometimes what can affect culture in a negative way is, you know, bringing in somebody and then they're leaving after three months of being within that position. And that can, that constant turn can have a, a tremendous impact on the culture within an organization. So that's a big part of it, you know, just, you know, through that interview and selection um, process, just making sure that not only are you finding out enough about that person to make sure that they're a good fit, but in addition to that, you know, making sure that you're portraying your uh, company in the right way as well. And, you know, tied to that as well is even even job descriptions, you know, making sure that those job descriptions are extremely detailed in a sense that you're knowing exactly what that employee has to do from day one. And what we see again that can kind of affect culture in a negative way is, is that, you know, a general job description or a very vague job description will be put into place. And an employee will come in thinking that they can do that position. And then again, you know, after three months, that they might leave and that constant turn again is what kind of had that negative impact on that culture. So ways to go about that is, is just, you know, making sure that those job descriptions are extremely detailed. And then in addition to that, you know, just be thorough within that interview and selection um, process. Second part to that as well is, is, you know, having those engaged employees and how do you do that? And, you know, one of the big things that we focus on in disparity is, you know, number one, leadership development. But number two is the performance um, management process. So performance reviews are extremely, extremely um, important within an organization because employees really like to know how they're doing. Um, and in addition to that, they like that feedback as well as far as how they're doing. You know, whether that be, can I be getting better? Um, am I doing, you know, great job? And, and are you going to fire me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's always a good thing. Um, but, you know, one of the big things is, is that, you know, whether that be related to a compensation bonus or, you know, just a, a good job, you know, those little things can be extremely impactful on an individual. And so, you know, within that, you know, whether that be quarterly performance reviews, annual performance reviews, that's always great to have within that process to have an impact on culture and, you know, making sure that those employees are engaged. Very cool. Absolutely. And so yeah. what, do you think, what do you think before we wrap this up, what do you think about, you know, this whole thing that all of us had to turn on a dime to work from home? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's definitely a, a challenging time for some organizations. I think, you know, the ones that have adapted well kind of had that um, strategy somewhat in place already, mm -hmm. right? So meaning that, you know, they did have all their company issued laptops and so forth. For those ones that did, and I think this is a great learning experience for them to understand how do we manage in this environment. And so, you know, I think that this is, number one, a good step for some organizations for them to understand the capabilities that they truly do have right. and still being successful within this time. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how many people revert back to yeah. office life, right? And what is office life like? Audrey, I'm just going to work in my like, attic from here on out, all right? I'm just uh, <laughs> never going back to the no, office. But like, what's social distancing, you know? Right. Uh, when I started my career, I had, uh, you know, getting an office, my own office with the door was like, that was highly revered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We might want our doors back again. <laughs> Bubble to go inside them as well, too. Yeah. So, so Glenn and Matt, if people want to get a hold of Insperity and learn more, because you guys you have so many great services, you really make HR turnkey for people, and you have some great insight during these kind of really tough times. How can people get in touch with you guys? Sure. Well, we, we would love to hear from you. Um, www.insperity.com. Okay. Or, you know, Matt and I are available. I'll, I'll give you our cell phones because that's, that's – Put it out know, there. Absolutely. We work personally with, with – customers. So I think it's important to have our cell phones. So Matt Oster's at 412-600-0672 and Glenn McFerrin's at 412-805-3328. Very cool. And of course, yeah. go to insperity.com as well to go through the site and see all the services. Nick and also probably link through you guys there as well too. I think, you know, the future is bright for the work that you're doing. So thank you for being in Pittsburgh and believing in the community. Absolutely. Being the opportunities. Yep. Good stuff, guys. Well, thank you, guys. We appreciate what the Pittsburgh Tech Council does. So thanks for having us. Thank you. Yes, appreciate the time, guys. Stay oh safe. God. Audrey, another tech vibe is like under our belt. I'm just going to remind everybody that we have so many more interviews posted. We're like on fire posting content right now. <laughs> so go, go to wherever you get your podcasts and just look for Tech Vibe Radio. We have great interviews with companies like Insperity out there. They're just doing so much in this crazy, crazy time right now. So we're signing off. I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Have a great evening, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.